Today with Catherine Ruinala. Praise God. I get so excited hearing testimonies about people getting healed. And we've seen so many wonderful miracles happening uh, just through these miracle meetings. And, uh, you know, I, I shared on Sunday, we got a testimony sent in just recently from a, a gentleman who'd been in one of the miracle meetings recently. Uh, I'd had a word of knowledge for, pan- for prostate cancer. And... Um, he took the word by faith. He just took it, thank you, Lord, in his seat. He just received it. And he, by faith, he, he was saying, yes, God, I hear this message. I hear this message of believing the promises of God by faith. And he took it. And um, then just in September, he went for his biopsy um, 12 months on from the last time uh, where they had found cancer. And so he went for his biopsy this time. But while he and his wife were in the waiting room, they just reminded God, thank you, Father. We cursed that cancer in that miracle meeting. All the cancer cells are going to be dead. And, and then they, they felt the Holy Spirit just direct them to a psalm um, or a scripture where it said that I looked for my enemies and couldn't find them. And so they took it by faith. Thank you, Jesus. And they went in for the biopsy. And he, the report came back. He said they sampled all over the prostate and they couldn't find any cancer. Hallelujah. He was so excited. And um, I just want to encourage you, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible. I was even blessed. I think it was, um, there was a word that just came out about his opening the blind eyes. I'm believing for the blind eyes to be open, the deaf ears to be open, for cancer to be healed. We've got people riding in from all over the world requesting prayer and phoning in. We've got these ones coming in. And I'm praying for you, Isabella, uh, and in Sweden, and, and Ross and Lyndon, and uh, all these others. There's, we get about oh, 200 requests come in about a, a week almost. And uh, God is God is moving, and then they send us their testimonies, which is so so exciting, so wonderful. So tonight, Father, we say thank you that you are faithful and you are true, and nothing is impossible for those who believe. Father, I thank you that you are our glory and the lifter of our head. Father, I thank you that you make a way where there seems to be no way, roadways in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Lord, you are our healer. God, we give you all the thanks and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord as I was spending some time with the Lord today. I was asking the Holy Spirit, what do you want to share? Because I know he wants to heal and he wants to touch and he wants to to do wonderful things tonight. And many of you have been fasting and praying and believing for a breakthrough. And God is going to touch you. God's going to do a miracle tonight in your body. And if you're watching online, you can start to get ready and uh, prepared. God God is my healer. Hallelujah. But I felt to share um, a psalm with you that that the Holy Spirit just highlighted me to me today. It's in Psalm 56. It's a psalm that David wrote when he was taken captive by the Philistines. And, um, you know, he was in a serious situation. This wasn't a, a simple thing. He was, he was taken captive. But I love the Psalms because David is so honest. You know, your 
connection with God will begin with honesty. It'll begin with an honest prayer, not having to try and go through the motions and say the words, but actually just letting him hear your heart. God loves honest prayers. He's not afraid of them. If you read the Psalms, you can see David just puts it all out there. He's clearly a verbal processor, praise the Lord. And he just puts it out there and he just, he speaks it. But he speaks until he sees because he's not speaking to the air. He's speaking to his father. And as we talk to the Lord in faith, looking at him, in his light, we see light. <gasps> Revelation comes and then the Psalms will turn, they turn around and the promises are remembered and um, declarations of victory Come, this is an interesting psalm, Psalm 56. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation, starting at verse 8. You've kept track of all my wandering and my weeping. You've stored my many tears in your bottle. Not one will be lost. You care about me every time I've cried. For it's recorded in your book of remembrance. Do you know that? That every tear you've cried, every tear... He's stored in a bottle. He keeps it. He writes them in his book of remembrance. He doesn't remember your sin, never will recall it ever again. He will never remember your sin. But he remembers your tears. He remembers your pain because when you hurt, he hurts. He loves us more than we could ever comprehend. Hallelujah. He interprets our tears. He can read them. I like the way um, Brian puts it. My tears are liquid words, and you can read them all. And it's the truth. You care about me every time I've cried, for it's recorded in your book of remembrance. The very moment I call to you for a father's help, the tide of battle turns and my enemies flee. This one thing I know, God is on my side. It's this verse the very moment I call to you for a father's help, the tide of battle turns and my enemies flee, that I really feel the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us tonight. The very moment I call to my father, Father, help! The tide of battle turns. Everything changes. Hallelujah. When Jesus told us to pray, when he taught his disciples to pray, it was so fascinating to me because, and this is a revelation that has really impacted my life. The disciples saw the connection that Jesus had with the Father. They saw he didn't pray religious, ritualistic prayers. He didn't just say the words. He didn't just quote the scriptures. He talked to the Father. He had a connection with him that, that as a result miraculous power was released. His face would light up and he would be strengthened and restored. He had something they had never seen before. And Jesus showed us, this is what connection with the Father is supposed to look like. So he said to them when they said, teach us how to pray, they weren't wanting some more words to say they were wanting to know how do we how do we have connection like that so he said when you pray pray like this our father 
And when he was saying that, I believe he was saying, the, the connection that you see me having with the Father, that connection you, you don't understand and you long for, that is now your connection. When you lift your voice and you say, our Father, it's not, sometimes I used to think when I'd say our Father, it wasn't as personal because it seemed like it was diluted. He was talking about everybody. I just want you to, oh, am I the only one? We know, of course, that he listens and hears. He, he's, he's everywhere. But when we say our Father, what he's saying is that as I open my voice and say our Father, I'm saying my Father and Jesus' Father. The same connection Jesus, the Son of God, had with his Father. That connection that caused the dead to be raised, the blind to see, the deaf to hear, that connection that was dynamic and real and his life source, that connection that had confidence to, to speak to the Father like that is what I now have. The same confidence that Jesus approached the Father with is the same confidence that I approach him with. So when I say, our Father, I'm looking over here going, our Father, I'm a bit dramatic. I, I like to imagine things, but I imagine that I was thinking about it today. If you ever see it, a movie trailer, like a superhero movie trailer, and I can imagine it like this. It's all the stuff going on. And then suddenly she says, Our Father. And the music starts and it's like, and you know it's on. Coming soon. That's what this verse is meaning. The moment I call to the Father for a Father's help, the tide of battle shifts. Soon as we say, our Father, our Father. It's all on. Because even if I'm struggling to have faith for what I need, I know I can have faith to come before the Father. I know that I know that I know. When I stand before the Father, He hears me. He loves me. He's for me. I can boldly approach the throne of grace to find mercy and help in the time of need. Not because I'm good, not because I've earned it, but because Jesus, the Son of God, shed his precious blood so that anyone who would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life, would be made new creations. The old would be washed away. Sin is taken away from you. You are a new creation. And therefore, because as he is, so are you in this world, you can boldly approach him and say, Our Father. And with the same confidence Jesus had, you can have. And that's where I start. If I feel like, oh, I'm struggling to have faith for this, I know I can have faith to approach his throne. And as soon as I do that, it's all over. As far as the enemy concerns, it's finished. Because the moment I get into his presence, ah, oh, yes, 
The favor of the Lord surrounds me as with a shield. God is for me. Who can be against me? I love how they how it says here, the very moment I call to you for a father's help, the tide of battle turns and my enemies flee. They're like, ah, run away. This one thing I know, God is on my side. You might not know a whole lot of other things. You might be struggling to understand a whole lot of things, but if you've got that one thing sorted, our father, that's when the enemy goes, ah, Because in his light, suddenly you've got the help. I know when I've been bombarded with thoughts and regrets and sometimes the enemy will take me down the garden path of despair or nonsense or anger or frustration and I'll go down, I'll go, oh, what have I been doing for the last five minutes? And I'll go, help further. And the moment I do, the Holy Spirit begins to remind me of Scripture that will divert my attention back to what is pure and lovely and of a good report and help me to realize, oh, thank you, God. What was I doing? The moment, the very moment I call to you for a father's help, the tide of battle turns and my enemies flee. This one thing I know God is on my side. Anyone who is saved can come to this place. And in that place, all the things you are struggling to try to believe for, they're just downstream, about to be overtaken. The big problems are invitations for big miracles. I was reading also Psalm 3. And it's the psalm that David wrote when he was forced to flee Absalom, his son, his own son. I mean, David had big problems, big Goliaths. But in every situation, he knew where to go. And God brought a big miracle. But this psalm, Psalm 3, I wanted to read it to you. It's just so beautiful. I'm going to bear with me as I read this uh, from the beginning. It says here, Lord, I have so many enemies, so many who are against me. See, he's just being honest. He's not trying to speak the religious talk. He's just being real. Listen to how they whisper their slander against me, saying, look, he's hopeless. Even God can't save him from this. Pause in his presence. That's a moment, Selah, to go. The bigger the battle, the bigger the miracle. But in the depths of my heart, I truly know that you have become my shield. You see, after the sailor, after the pause in his presence, oh, that's right. But I truly know there is something I do know. You're my shield. You take me and surround me with yourself. Your glory covers me continually. You alone restore my courage. For you lift my head when I bow low in shame. I've cried out to you and from your holy presence you send me a father's help. Pause in his presence. 
Don't skip over those sailors. They're an invitation to lift up your head and look at his smiling face. Every time he does, the tone of the psalm changes. After every pause in his presence, he gets this hope injection because he's seen (laughs) our Father. So now I'll lie down and go to sleep, and I'll awake in safety for you surround me with your glory. This connection with the Father is the most glorious thing anyone could ever have. It is the beginning place of the glorious exponential manifestation of the power of God. In Luke 11, we see Jesus demonstrating this to us. I'm going to start in verse 39. I'm reading from the New King James now. Jesus said, take away the stone. He was standing in front of Lazarus's grave. I mean, Lazarus wasn't just dead. He'd been dead for three days and buried in a, in a tomb, wrapped from head to toe in grave clothes. And as Martha politely put it, Master, by this time he stinketh. It's like, it's not just, it's, it's way past time. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the minister, the, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench, for he's been dead four days. It's a long time. Jesus said to her, didn't I not say to you that you would, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this that they may believe that you sent me. I love it. It's like, Father, I know you always hear me, but I'm going to say it for them so that they recognize that when they say, Father, they can expect the same Father's help. That when they say, Father, they can have confidence that you always hear them they can have confidence that this is where the tide of battle turns. Hallelujah. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he'd said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Can you imagine? Oh, come on. This is better than any movie. He's been in the tomb for four days. He comes out looking like a mummy. So Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Take the grave clothes off. You see, this little part, Father, I know that you always hear me. 
this thing that he did as he lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this. I believe is the key to the resurrection power of the living God. You see, Jesus didn't have to say anything like this. He said this for you. He said this for me, knowing we'd read this. That whenever we are faced with a situation that looks hopeless, all we have to do is lift up our eyes and say, Our Father, I thank you that you've heard me. Thank you, Father. Because it's in that place that the tide of battle shifts. Everything changes. That's the place where... <gasps> Oh, thank you, Jesus. Nothing is impossible for those who believe. You know I mean, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what diagnosis you've got. Nothing is impossible for those who believe. I was at a... Um, business people's event, I was asked to go and minister at uh, the entertainment center a few years ago. And during the break, a couple came up to me and said, do you remember us? I find it quite difficult when people say that to me. I said, no, sorry. They said, well, we came to one of the meetings at Glory City. And, um, and you had a word of knowledge for people who had blood conditions. And he said, I've been forward for prayer many, many times over the years. He said, I've been HIV positive for 10 years. But for some reason, I felt like I should just go forward for prayer that night. He said, I felt the Holy Spirit touch me. I went back for tests and they've told me that I'm completely clear. Hallelujah. And only because he saw me a few years later did he happen to mention it. <laughs> I believe the Holy Spirit, when you've been told that there is no way, you'll just have to try to manage, you can say, Father, our Father. You see, I, I say it by myself. I say our Father, because for me it's a trigger to remember that I'm not just having a go sending out a prayer out there. I'm actually connecting our Father. I thank you that you've heard me. Then my hope and my desire to ask really gets real because I'm no longer just having a go and trying to, I've heard that this works looking out there, hoping that someone's hearing me. Lord, if you're real, no. Father, our Father. And instantly I know I'm standing in the throne room, boldly approaching the throne of grace, knowing that I'm not approaching a Pharaoh that could kill me at any moment, but actually 
a father that looks at me and stores my every tear in a bottle in his book of remembrance, writes it all down. He loves me more than the most romantic, glorious love that you could ever imagine a father having for a child. The father's heart for you is so intense. You see, earthly fathers don't have 24-7 to be thinking about you and you alone. But God never goes weary. He never gets tired of thinking about you. He never gets tired or runs out of capacity to care for you. It is so much on his heart. You see, he's God. He says, the thoughts I have about you are too numerous for anyone to possibly count. Mm -hmm. 